Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket Info Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Iyer speaking to you after day day four of the WTC final between New Zealand and India from England. Listener, if I'm sounding a bit a bit bit off today because I don't know why, but it it does feel a little empty coming back another day on this podcast and speaking to you when there has been no cricket. But to liven up your evening or your morning when you're listening to this. I have two experts with me. First up is our stat man, Gaurav Sundararaman. Gaurav, usually I come to you for the numbers about the cricket. I want to know now, do you have any stats or facts or trivia about rain in cricket? Uh-huh. Yeah, I have some interesting trivia. So I was just looking up at this whole concept of six days, right? And all of us know uh, one thing which is well known is the 2005 Super Series between World Eleven and Australia had a six-day plan, but that match got over in three days. Now, way back in 1993, there was a test match between West Indies and Sri Lanka. What happened was they had a rest day. So, back in, back in the day, used to have a rest day pretty common among in test matches. And there was one day completely washed out, and they were smart enough to convert the rest day to a game day, if you get what I mean. So, they actually yeah. played the test match on the rest day because they lost a day uh, due to rain. Basically, the rain, day that was rained out, that became the effectively the rest day. Exactly. How dynamic and how uh, smart uh, teams were. Way back in 1993, in a test match between West Indies and Sri Lanka. Simple. Now, you have you had two rest days in this test. Why can't you add two more? <laughs> I I have a feeling, Gaurav, that you have a lot more to say on, on, on that subject. And we will cover it in the course of this podcast. But first, let's introduce our other guest. He's coming off a, it's technically a ball-by-ball stint, but is it Alan Gardner when no balls have been bowled during the entire day? It's more like you writing in your personal diary that's for public viewing. (laughs) Um, Well, yes, if I was a sort of Adrian Mole character, this is... This is what I would do, <laughs> is publish all my innermost thoughts to the world via comms. Um, it's more drip by drip here in this, in this occasion, um, as it was, uh, I'm a bit lost like yourself, a few days ago when, when we did this on, on day one. Um, usually we, we have a bit of help from the, the feedbackers and, you know, uh, and whatever nonsense um, happens to spring to mind. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not too personal or too dark. I, I wouldn't want to put people off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm guessing it's it's not just me then, because over the course of four days, I mean, the cricket that we have seen, the little bit of cricket that we have seen, has ranged from good to really good Test cricket. But I'm feeling like this Test is never ending. It it feels a bit empty to me. I I don't know. I'm not getting into a final mood. Is is that is that too unfair of me, Alan? Um, I it's entirely understandable. The English weather hasn't been overly hospitable to its two guests here. Um, that that what I would say is the cricket has been um, really high quality and and engaging when they have been able to get on the pitch. And I mean, you you know have to see why these are the two best test teams in the world. Um, and I think the conditions have have helped, um, or at least. Uh, accentuated the contest to a degree as well. Um, so it's not been all bad, but definitely um, losing a day, losing the first day to um, 
two days that were kind of well fought, but still had rain around and then day four washed out again. Uh, It has sucked some of the momentum out of it. Yeah, I guess it's more that anticipation of wanting to see more of that kind of cricket that that we saw on day three. Now, speaking of day three, we couldn't come to the Stump Mike Studios yesterday to do a a episode for the WTC final. Instead, we did one on the test match between England and India at Bristol. So, listener, if you haven't heard that yet, do go check that out. But let's talk a little bit about day three, Gaurav. It it was pretty much a role reversal, especially that first hour of the second day's play, where the first hour definitely belonged to India when the test match began. And yesterday, it was all New Zealand. Yes, I think they were extremely disciplined and they hardly gave a run. I think the, uh, the first run uh, scored uh, after a pretty long time or maybe uh, there was a almost a flurry of maiden overs. There was constant pressure. India couldn't just get a uh, bat on ball. They couldn't rotate strike. Uh, I think the only bat- batter who kind of played a bit aggressive was uh, R. Ashwin. Uh, everybody else seemed to uh, uh, just stay in the shell. Rishabh Pant couldn't get going. And the one full ball, uh, which they invited him to kind of smash it, he got out. So, uh, the fact is, I think they were extremely well-disciplined. And Jamieson has been India's nemesis. He's taken, what, 14 wickets with two five-wicket hauls in five innings against him. And he strikes at once every five overs, almost 33 balls. He averages just 12. So, basically, Jamieson has been the difference. And he's had excellent support. And if you remember uh, from yesterday's game, Tim Southey, their best bowler, didn't even start. Uh, he, he came into bowl pretty late. So, that's the kind of uh, faith now they have in Jamieson. I think his height and uh, he, he, he just does trouble a lot of batters. I I was waiting to see how well he goes in England. That was new. He didn't have a great test match against England in the first test at Lords, if I remember right. He, I think he just took three wickets. But later on um, against India, he's uh, really that his height, his kind of accuracy and the ball coming in is something which um, India have been struggling with. So I felt that they kind of went in a shell Uh, They went too much of survival mode, maybe rotating the strike and uh, constantly being a bit aggressive, scoring a few boundaries could have maybe uh, seen a different result. But yeah, New Zealand was outstanding. Kyle Jamieson finished India's first innings uh, with 5 for 31. He picked up the wickets of Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, Rishabh Pant, Ishan Sharma and Jaspreet Bumrah. Alan, when we spoke to you last, you had suggested that while India were on top, after that second day's play, you said that don't count New Zealand out. Uh, in your predictions, you also mentioned that it's you. You were kind of certain that India would get bowled out within that two hundred and fifty range. <laughs> well, I mean, certain is probably overplaying my hand a bit, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah, I'll go as far as say I was. Uh, I was in the right sort of ballpark. Um, I, yeah, I still. I didn't quite expect it to be. Uh, that dramatic, actually. I thought from from basically 150 for three that that India were were pretty good to get 250. Um, in the end, yeah, 217 all out uh, represented a, a big turnaround and it showed you what could have happened, I suppose, if New Zealand had got 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 it right on the on that first or second morning, as it was technically. Um, we were when we were talking about that that day's play and and kind of the scenarios you, you were batting around. India could have been sort of 150 all out. And I think in the end, they were sort of 150 all out from the fall of the first wicket to the uh, 10th wicket. But that 60-run opening stand 
um, just help give the, the the total a bit of respectability. Um, and and I, I at the time when when New Zealand were about to start their reply, it, you could have said that that might make the difference. But then New Zealand put on a, a seventy run opening partnership themselves and um, and have and have done a good job, uh, arguably a bit of a better job with the bat uh, than than India did so far. But um, again, <laughs> I won't be making too many predictions for uh, for day five because uh, these are two very well matched teams. I think. New Zealand are currently at 101 for two. Now, that's a pretty impressive score. So, Gaurav, what was the difference between what uh, New- India's bowlers did yesterday as compared to what their opponents did on the same day? I, I think I-, I-, I saw some of the messages and uh, some tweets about the stats on number of balls hitting the stumps, right? I, th- I thought uh, India did that better. But I guess it's just the fact that India bowling after a long time. Uh, there have been some criticism in uh, for Jasprit Bumrah, I think, which is uh, totally unwarranted. Uh, he was. They're all playing after a very long time, and they and look at the end of the day, New Zealand are just going at two runs per over. They didn't get a wicket, but uh, they've been able to really control. Maybe they would have wanted uh, New Zealand to be three or four down, and it, it can happen. New Zealand's strength is their top three. Uh, I'm not too sure how the remaining batters are going to go actually in these conditions. Um, Ross Taylor is a very nervous starter. Uh, he can be nicked out pretty early. Uh, and Kane is a very important wicket. So finally, it's uh, going. I, I think after that, it's Henry Nichols and Colin de Grandom and the tail. So uh, yeah, we do have BJ Watling. But again, so it's just a matter of a couple of wickets and then you'll suddenly see India, uh, India ascendancy. So I don't think India bowled really badly. I, are you that confident though? Because you're mentioning names like Nichols and Watling. I think Nichols is in the top 10 test batters, right, currently? Yeah, but but I don't think... See, this wicket is not a, a very easy pitch to just go, get in and bat. You need to bat a lot of time. Anytime you can take the nick. In England, the conditions have been uh, that it swings any time of the day. We have to see how the weather plays up. This forecast is pretty good for the next two days. Uh, if there's some sun and it's slightly easy for batting, then yes, whatever I said, you can forget. But in case, uh, if it's still swinging and it's still, it's just a matter of a couple of wickets. Uh, it's not very easy to start in this uh, pitch. So early wickets, Ashwin can be uh, pretty effective against uh, the likes of Henry Nichols um, and um, even Ross Taylor for that matter. So it's going to be very important in the next couple of hours for New Zealand. But if you ask me, uh, India have bowled really well. They're able to contain just you don't see that in the wickets column. Yeah, you're kind of right. I, I actually felt both Ishan Sharma and Mohamed Shami, just with Bumrah, maybe not so much Allen, bowled extremely well. But the three pacers come away with just one wicket despite beating the bat quite a few times. Yeah, um, there was a long discussion at one point when I was watching about kind of Mohamed Shami in particular and um, the sort of the, the false shot percentage and the chances he creates. Um, coupled with the fact that in England he averages 37 or something like that, you know, something higher than you would imagine for a quality bowler who's toured here several times. Um, I don't know if, to a degree, that Ishan um, and um, and Shami particularly were sort of uh, touch short. Um, I mean, Nagraj wrote a piece about them struggling to find or striving to find the right length for England and Gaurav's absolutely right in that they haven't played test cricket this you know India's attack India's team haven't played test cricket um in a few months and then when they did they were playing uh, in India um and so that's quite a lot of adjusting to have to do we saw that New Zealand 
themselves with the ball um, didn't get it right on that first second morning um, and their bowlers have been over here for weeks and you know played two test matches and um, and and theoretically are well acclimatized so uh, it, I think it's at this level it's just very fine margins isn't it and if um, you're drawing uh, a false stroke or a sort of a nodding control shot um, but you are a few inches too short and, and that ball you know uh, deviates swings away and misses the outside edge it, it it looks good it looks like you're doing the right things but um but it's but you've arguably you've, you've just missed the mark and, and a fuller ball or a or a, or a ball on the on the uh, or a more precise length might have got the wicket um i didn't yeah i didn't think india bowled badly they certainly kept on in control of the run rate um uh, i can't, can't quite remember what new zealand ended up at but they were going at sort of ex- almost exactly two and over after 30 odd overs yeah they they're pretty much fought 49 overs 101 so yeah just a smidge over two Exactly. So you can't really fault India there. Um, and and it's and then that's test cricket, isn't it? You are just, it's a long game, literally. <laughs> and you're waiting for, for mistakes. You're, it's about building pressure. And absolutely, bang, bang, you knock over Kane Williamson cheaply um, and, and it, it get into the middle order. And it's a very even game again. So uh, that's what's what's so enthralling about it, so tantalising about the prospect that, um, you know, we were hoping to see a bit more of today. And there's still a chance that because conditions look like you know it's it's not gonna uh the sun's not gonna be out blazing all day and the pitch isn't gonna be isn't gonna be super flat just because of the amount of water uh, moisture that's been around um two days of uh a full play hopefully um and and bowlers perhaps still in, in the ascendant we could still get a result here Alan, a small sample size of just five innings but is devon conway the real deal in test cricket he has scores of 200 80 and now a half, another half century in three tests at Lords, Birmingham and Southampton. Yeah, I mean, he looks on a larger sample size, uh, his international career as a whole, he looks the real deal, doesn't he? I, I think he averages over over 50 in all three formats, which um, only only Vera is in that class, if I'm right. But um, I, I saw him, I saw his maiden innings at Lords and couldn't, couldn't find much fault with that. And while... I mean, the the flick off the pads is becoming a bit of a bit of a weakness, um, and, and I mean he was caught at sort of deep square leg there uh, in uh, um, the, the Edgbaston Test. Um, it certainly England got him out that way um, on one occasion, and then uh, Ishant uh, yesterday evening. Uh, good, good catch that from Shami. I thought on the move, a uh, bit of a miss, bit of a misdirected flick. That one that, that kind of went high towards mid on. So um, <laughs> it's it's a tough weakness to pinpoint though. If you're just going to keep bowling it onto his pads, looking looking for this sort of flamingo uh, one legged um, unforced error. Uh, there, there there was some some suggestion that he's maybe a, a little bit prone to inside edging, um, and you know potentially. Being bowled that way, or uh, I mean, I think Ollie Robinson bowled him that way in the second innings at Lords. Um, Ishan, Alan, it uh, seems like you have only spotted Conway's weaknesses. <laughs> well, we're, we're we're talking about a seemingly superhuman um, <laughs> a debutant, test debutant here, who's um, yeah, come two hundred on on debut first innings. That that for a start tells you plenty. Uh, and, the, and we've we've gone over, I, I suppose, in various 
parts, various bits of the site, and, and at various times the the extraordinary story of his you know rise from leaving uh, South Africa in his sort of mid twenties and. and carving out this career with New Zealand. Um, but he's got some fantastic shots as well. Um, I, mean, I think he cover drove um, Bumrah early on in, in his innings. And, you know, that was a side of his confidence. He's, he's been very good on the drive um, against sort of uh, Stuart Broad and James Anderson when, when the, during the England series. Um, he, t- he handled the short ball at, at England peppered him a bit with uh, Mark Wood cranking up sort of 19 plus miles an hour um, and he took a he took a couple of blows realized that the ball I- here in England isn't going to bounce over his head quite so often so then just started hooking and pulling <laughs> um, and he, I suppose he hasn't played a lot of spin um, as yet uh, and Ashwin now won't have a chance to bowl to him until the second innings perhaps but um, yeah he looks he looks um, full of class uh, as things stand, and and a perfect sort of um, you know guy to fill a gap at the top of the order there for New Zealand, where they had a little bit of an issue over over recent years. Tom Latham's very good, but he he's been looking for a long term partner. Well, there he is. Uh, Devon knows they've made him so good, Conway. Alan, imagine if this South Africa-born cricketer would have chosen England to play for. <laughs> well, I think we've had our fair share of those. Uh, it, would be, it would be it would be greedy to uh, consider that uh, a missed opportunity. All right, so let's let's talk about the next two days, Gaurav. Where, presuming that we're going to get some cricket in, you mentioned that the forecast, especially for the six day, looks looks pretty pretty awesome. And tomorrow we should get some cricket in as well. From India's perspective, is what would you want them to do? What what would you expect them to do to push for a victory? Because th- this is a final, right? You won't you won't just settle for a draw at any stage. Yeah. So uh, I was just looking at that. Uh, what are the probabilities? So the best case for India is to bowl them out in maybe a session and a, a half, maybe, uh, which is uh, another say uh, 35, 30 overs, 30, 35 overs, and uh, assume that they get a lead of 30, 40 runs. And then India bat a bit fast, hope that the sun comes out and conditions are slightly better for batting. India put on uh, a score of about uh, 200-220 tomorrow and then maybe come early on on the sixth day and give New Zealand a target of, say, 300. And then try to bowl them out. So, that's... Uh, it's not easy. That, 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 that sounds extremely optimistic. Yeah, but especially with the, the run only, rates we have seen. That's the only thing possible, Karthik. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to... Whereas what uh, for New Zealand, I think it's more straightforward. They bat out the entire day five, uh, uh, score about 250, uh, 300 runs, uh, go ahead by 200 and then put pressure on India to maybe survive day six and that's how they can look to uh, go for the win. So for New Zealand, it's more realistic, I would say. But uh, if India get New Zealand all out pretty early uh, tomorrow, if New Zealand has some kind of a collapse, uh, right. don't be surprised. India will not just uh, leave it uh, for the draw. India will go for the win. Yeah, if there's one thing that will be fun to watch at least. Alan, you have been my resident weatherman for the past couple of days. I've been badgering you on our chats. Uh, let me know the forecast. How does it look tomorrow and day after? And what do you see expecting happen on the cricket field as well? Well, so good news, I think. Uh, tomorrow is maybe a bit overcast, maybe still a bit cloudy, which is possibly doubly good news for India. But um, I don't think rain... Um, percentage uh, that's I don't think that's too high so fingers crossed we we won't get um too many stoppages it might be that um 
we kind of turn up tomorrow and, and everything is still a bit damp given the amount of rain that seems to form today. But um, equally, if it all blows through, you know, um, down there on the south coast, uh, tomorrow should be sort of fresh and green and uh, uh, well, hospitable um, uh, at, the, at the very least. Um, so... Uh, yeah, uh, and then day five, uh, sorry, day six. If we go to Wednesday, I think we might even have some sunshine. Yeah, so I think we're good. We're good for um, two full days of play, and um, and we'd be good for some some more um, keenly contested cricket. I think I, I like um, Gorad's approach to sort of algorithmic. This is how it can be won, and this is uh, this is how New Zealand can do it. This is how India can do it. Um, I suspect it won't be straightforward for either team to win, um, but that uh, I mean the, the draw is obviously the the least um, tempting option for, for all of all concerned. So um, if, if if India can just keep New Zealand sort of to a fairly level sort of score, even if they concede a, a bit of a lead, um, then it's game on uh, tomorrow. I, I, I'd I'd be I'd be surprised if. If New Zealand batted out the whole day, I think um, they're a good unit, and, I, and I've you know seen them uh, outplay England twice in the last month. But just the the quality that India have and the options, you know, we, we haven't really even seen much of a role for spin, and obviously the pitches uh, hasn't had much chance to break down. But they're just gonna just gonna keep coming, and I think in, uh, the the three quicks will only get better in terms of. Um, working out what's the right method for this surface in these conditions like I say tomorrow should be should still be pretty overcast the, uh, the duke's ball is always good uh is the for swinging however old it is um so uh and look this is a final there's a lot of pressure on um if uh even if even if uh, williamson gets in if taylor gets in it, just like just like Rahane and Kohli uh, were in, you know, had sort of got, got themselves a toehold in the game. Two good balls, uh, or, or you know, a, a sustained spell of pressure, and uh, can quickly unravel. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, again without making too many bold predictions for New Zealand to get up around India's score and and beyond it, but uh, but maybe but maybe not. Uh, into a big sort of lead territory, and then it's all on what India can do in the face of that um, that New Zealand swing bowling attack, which maybe in the second innings, um, and, and if the conditions brighten up over the course of tomorrow and into into day six, won't maybe won't be quite so threatening, and they don't have a spinner to, there to turn to, um, you know, it, it, as a plan B. So that will be interesting as well. Alan, I don't know if you saw Gaurav's tweet from the start of, of the test match. Gaurav, uh, this was regarding a little flexibility that needs to be shown in, in, in the sport. Gaurav, do you want to... I just wanted... Uh, I got inspired by the Euros and the French Open and I felt that organizers need to be more flexible and dynamic in their decision-making. This is a final and you do have both teams uh, extremely free after 23rd. It's not like they're going flying to uh, some other country for some other tournament. This is a very rare occasion when they're free, actually. And uh, I thought the organizers... And that too, all of us knew that day one is going to be washed out and day four also was kind of uh, uh, in the radar. And whenever these kind of weather predictions nowadays are more accurate uh, than it was, uh, say, 10, 15 years before uh, due to technology, I felt that uh, the organizers could have maybe decided that, hey, let's just play 450 uh, overs 
and irrespective of the number of days it takes at least let's complete 450 that should be the target not a timeless test or anything in terms of days but at least have that flexibility to move on uh, and make sure you get a result because look at the end of the day it's uh, you hyped it up and you built it up so much you marketed it so well you want to complete the world test championship with a winner uh, it's going to be really funny that new zealand may have actually wanted to share the odi world cup and now they're going to be mostly sharing the <laughs> championship yeah and when we say winner here as well at least give give a five day test match that ends in a draw yeah not not one that's probably condensed talent uh yeah sorry uh, i i was uh, i've just noticed that Ke- um kesha maharaj has taken a hat trick in the uh, uh the, the st lucia test so it's all it's all going off uh, in other parts of the world so not in, not in england but they are <laughs> <laughs> they are managing to uh, to to get on the field um Yeah I mean I I don't mind draws and I, in a way I think that a, a drawn World Test Championship final is is very fitting but but arguably yeah the weather being the the reason is is a bit of dampener the the idea of sort of keeping playing is a nice one and certainly the the sort of um the fans perspective I you know I definitely sympathize with that I I tend to think with this that apart from the kind of scheduling stuff and like England are, are playing a T20 at the GS Bowl or Hampshire Bowl um, on Saturday so there's there, <laughs> there's a logistical issue there depending on how much longer you wanted the game to go on but <laughs> but actually it comes some of this comes down to to players as much as anything and the fact that they like a, a bit of certainty about what the what they're getting into what the contest is um so it's not this open ended thing it's a bit like with the light regulations where uh, everyone says well we need to have some common sense but then equally you don't want an injury to players and, and the icc we we did some stuff on this last year when when there were long stoppages during england and pakistan and the icc dave richardson um uh, uh, as it was a few years ago had said they'd tried to get sort of more agreement on this that look we should be flexible we should play more with the floodlights or, what, or whatever but the players are a bit resistant to that and you can see why because um it comes down to you know success and failure for them and and in some ways um the the more you say we should be playing or the more the game should go on longer the closer you come to to losing the closer you come to um the the thing that you least want as a player the outcome that you are uh, um most averse to um so while uh, a seventh day might produce a result and uh, you might get to the end of day day 6 and be like well all we need is a, is another 20 overs but there'll be there'll be some people involved i'm sure some players and if you're the team that's looking likely to lose you're going to be like well we we agreed that this was a six day game at at best um we've always had weather we've always had to deal with these things why are we now shifting the it's used ravi shastri's uh, term actually from from during the, the 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 qualification process the championship process we're shifting the goalposts now um and sportsmen don't like that and i think all kind of people who play um games but you know play sport uh, whatever level you you like to know what you're getting into so um whilst i i absolutely sympathize with the idea that we should try and get the game finished uh i'm kind of i'm a bit skeptical about it working in practice not least because schedules are always so packed and and everyone's always ready to move on to the next thing um but you know timeless tests don't exist for a reason uh, anymore um and uh, yeah i i i don't mind i don't mind a draw that's just sometimes life 
uh, you, you get you get a draw, and, that, and that's that's the best you can do, and you move on. Yeah, I think there's a point there. I mean, for God, for a lot of people, five days itself of cricket is 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 too much. Like when you say six and seven, that's that's an entire tennis masters tournament you can complete in that in that in that period. So, yeah, uh, what I hope is that we don't have to come back tomorrow <laughs> and speak about the rain or the light, yeah. and we'll. And hopefully we get a result. We can get a result in four days of play. <laughs> mm, mm. With, with, with this pitch and the quality of the bowling attacks, I think it's 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 very possible. Gaurav, Alan, looking forward to tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us on ESPN Cricket for Stump Fight. <laughs>